0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official
1: rules at frito
0: This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. And boy, howdy, I hate Thursday night games Uh, as we're recording this. The Falcons just lost 25 to nothing at home to the New England Patriots who moved to 7 and 4 to Falcons fall to 4 and 6. The good news, Evan, uh, Evan Birchfield, who is here with me on the podcast
1: as always, uh, the good news, Evan, is we
0: don't have to watch the Falcons on Sunday.
1: Yeah, that was really the only good outcome. From this
0: game, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say I feel like this score is going to um misrepresent uh what happened in this game because uh, to be honest, I th- I felt like the Falcons defense had mm-hmm. a, a very good day uh on the afternoon. Seven or six of those points uh scored were uh from a pick six thrown by Josh Rosen and uh at the end of the game. Uh, the Patriots basically tagged on another field goal uh, towards the end after uh, Matt, I believe a Matt Ryan interception. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And really the defense I I felt like played extremely well uh, in this game. So um, before we get into the specifics though, uh, there were some injuries and I feel like before we hammer on the Falcons offense, we do need to talk about some of the guys who are out for this game, because I, I think that is part of the narrative here. So can you give us an update on the injuries coming into this game before we recap what happened?
1: Yeah. So we all knew kind of, you know, during the week, um, Cordero Patterson, who's been dealing with a ankle uh, injury. We didn't know what the like specifics were, um, but Cordero Patterson had an ankle injury uh, that caused him to only play 15 snaps on Sunday. Um, so it sounded like he was, uh, a long shot to kind of play, but then the Falcons kind of, you know, they had him as limited throughout the week. So that kind of makes it a little more questionable, like, Oh, maybe he will play. Um, so he ended up not playing. So the Falcons basically had even less offensive weapons than they had before. Somehow, um, Hayden Hurst went on IR, not that he was playing a huge role in the offense, but I mean, oh, they, they just overall didn't have their guys out there Um, and the ones that were just didn't make an impact. Um, It, it, it was tough. It was tough. Um, (laughs) I don't even know what, you know, me and for context, me and DW are doing this like literally right after the game. So our brains are still kind of mush right now, but yeah, I don't know. DW it's tough. Yeah. Um, This is,
0: uh I mean back-to-back games like this where they just got pummeled. Um yeah. and you know I picked them to lose by 18. Uh mm-hmm. I predicted 31-13. Didn't think they would be held scoreless. Um you know, they there were they had opportunities uh in this game the offense did. So let's let's go ahead and, and dive into the offense because again they did not score any points in this game. Right. Um which is uh, I believe the first time they've been shut out at home
1: since the the late 90s, which is Atrocious! Mm-hmm. I think this. Um, they said this was the second. Um, this was the second like ever shutout that Matt Ryan was in.
0: Yeah, and that's. Um, yeah, you know, there's. Uh, there's a lot of conversations around that, um, but let's let's get into
1: it. Give us the stats, and then we can talk about what the offense did mm-hmm. on on the day. So Matt Ryan, not a great day by any means. Uh, 19 completions on 28 attempts, 153 yards two interceptions, a pass rating of 51.6. Uh, Josh Rosen had one completion on three attempts for five yards, a interception that, as you mentioned, went for a pick six. And Felipe Franks, you know, why not, came out through a <laughs> through a pass and it was intercepted naturally, which then, thank God, the Patriots decided to just kneel it and get out of there. <laughs> um, that's got to be a first. I I mean you'd have to really do some research on this one, and I'm not even sure how you would do it. But to have three different quarterbacks on your team throw an interception in the same game, I mean that that just someone doesn't ever someone happen.
0: found it. Mike Sando. Um I I asked uh as well. I, th- I thought, oh my God, this has to be the first time. It's actually not. The last yes. time three quarterbacks threw an interception for the same team in the same game was um when Ryan Leaf, Jim Harbaugh, and Moses oh Moreno um, threw three interceptions uh, against uh, the Dolphins in, in the year 2000. So it has happened wow. before. But, yeah, the Falcons did sort of etch themselves into uh, um, a little bit of a history book there.
1: <laughs> Interesting. That Yeah, that's just awful. Um, on the ground – you know, we obviously, as I mentioned, no Patterson in this one. So Mike Davis came in as a starter and he finished with three carries for one yard. Um, terrible. Um, through the air, he had three three catches for 20 yards. Um, also on the ground, uh, Quadriolison, who was called up from the practice squad, had nine carries, 34 yards. He was the best rusher, you mm-hmm. can say, um, on the ground. Wayne Gallman. Um, I saw so many people on Twitter talking about how they were going to start Wayne Gallman, oh, <laughs> and I don't blame like I don't blame it. If you're super desperate, I get it because last week he had 15 carries for like 55 yards, and he looked good. Um, the Falcons clearly didn't think you know that highly of him because he had one attempt for negative three yards. So if you started Wayne Gallman in fantasy. If your league allows negative points, you lost points by starting him because um, he had no no catches either. So that was it. One carry, negative three yards. Through the air, um, Russell Gage was the highest-targeted receiver. He had five catches for 49 yards on eight targets. Kyle Pitts, another sleeper game, three receptions, 29 uh, yards. Uh, Alameda Zacchaeus, three catches, 23 yards. Tajay Sharp, yeah. two catches, 21 yards. That's uh, so sad. It's yeah, I mean it's easy to just blame Matt Ryan because the stats his stat you know, and he did throw, you know, there was a little miscommunication on that one interception. I would say Lamaday Zacchaeus on that one um interception towards the end. Like if you get two hands on it, in my opinion, you should catch it. Yeah. Um it was slightly high. It was slightly high, but you know, if you get two hands on like at least I don't know. It doesn't matter. The game was out of you know, out of it anyways, but um yeah, just awful. <laughs> I mean, th- there's really no stats here for the offensive line, but between the penalties and the protection, like awful. Atrocious. across the board. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I, I, I don't know. It, it, that offensive performance um, had to have been one of the worst, and that's saying a lot, but one of the worst in recent history um, for the Falcons. Um, I think they've been outscored – like 3 in the last two games what 3 to 68 or something um yeah man i sickening yeah um and I, the second week in a
0: row you know Ryan had a rough game um and uh, I, f- I feel like there's no there's no middle ground in these arguments with people um and to be blunt i'm just getting tired of it um you know, I, I point out, yeah, you know, he the the first interception to Pitts probably shouldn't have thrown that ball off his back foot. Um, you know, even even Troy Aikman was saying, you know, Pitts needs to finish that route. Uh, I don't know if it would have made a difference uh, or if it would have been contested. Um, still, wasn't a good good decision for Matt. Um, yeah. You know, the, the second interception, you could argue, sure, Zakia should have come down with it. Um, Ryan probably put that ball a little bit high, a little bit too high. Um, and yeah, you know, that's part of the problem too. Um, Ryan did not have a good game. He had several instances. He took a big sack when, you know, they had a third and one um, where, you know, he clearly was trying to extend time in the pocket and that, that was not working. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's Ryan made some bad plays. He made some bad decisions. And you have one side of people who come out and say this entire team sucks because of him. Um, everything that's wrong with the Falcons is Matt Ryan's fault. And I'm like, oh my God, did you not see the rest of the game? Did you not see the offensive line? And then, you know, similarly, there's uh, people who step up and it's like, you know, everything except for Matt Ryan is is the problem. And look, that's not right either. Like Matt Ryan made some poor choices in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think even Matt Ryan would step up and say, hey, I I need to take, I, I wish I could have some of those plays back. Um, but we're, we you know these two losses have just amplified this i think with fans and there's no honestly there's no way to assess this um properly right after the game uh did matt have a rough game yes uh, is everything that's wrong with the franchise on matt ryan no um you know was the offensive line part of the issue here <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um is arthur smith uh you know, did he have some questionable play calling in this game yeah he did, um, and that is part of this. You know, it's it's never just one thing. It's not just the quarterback. It's not just the receivers. It's not just the offensive line. Like when you score zero points in an NFL game, a lot of things have gone wrong, mm-hmm. including injuries. You know, look, they didn't have Patterson. They don't have Ridley. Um, even their second receiving tight end, you know, Hayden Hurst. He has caught balls this year, and he's out. Like they're literally missing three of their weapons um, in, in this game, and uh, there are very few teams that can overcome losing three of their five, uh, you know, top weapons and still go out there and, and consistently field a good offense. So I feel like some of that has, has to also be put in perspective. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, once I saw that Patterson was out and that Hayden Hurst, or not Hayden Hurst, yeah, Hayden Hurst was out. I felt, yeah, this offense is going to struggle all night. And that's what happened. Um, yeah. So um, I- I'll tell you what, though uh, kudos to the Falcons defense and what they did. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I think if you're looking for some positives, I-, I think what we saw today behind this defense is something um, maybe going forward uh, is something to be, you know optimistic about because this may have been their best performance of the season. Um, But before we talk about them and what the Patriots did on offense, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
0: And we're back on the Falconer podcast as Dave Warke. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. Uh, we're talking about the Falcons lost 25 to nothing at home. Falcons dropped to four and six playoffs playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's those hopes are gone. Um, uh, the good news, folks, you have Sunday off from watching the Falcons. Uh, and the next game is against the Jaguars. So maybe the Falcons can bounce back uh, after that game. Uh, If you're looking for, you know, this hope for this season, I got nothing for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Evan, the uh, Falcons defense, I felt like, you know, as we mentioned earlier, I I felt like they did more than enough. I felt like they you know were actually Mm -hmm. a pleasant surprise in this game. So why don't you tell us what the Patriots actually did on offense? Because I was kind of surprised. It felt like they were going to run up the score and they actually never could quite get it going.
1: Yeah, this is a Patriots team that put up forty plus the week before against the Browns. Against um, the Browns, yeah, forty five. They won, that right? Game. And the Falcons only allowed um, one. You know, their defense only allowed one touchdown. Uh, the defense was constantly put in bad field position. Uh, Falcons offense kept going three and outs. It seemed like the entire game. So the Falcons defense, I mean, they felt like they were always out there. Um, you know, I'm not going to say they're a good defense or anything, but they are not the reason the Falcons lost this game. Like they did everything they could to keep the Falcons in this game until the very end. And, and for much of the game, even like past halftime, the Falcons were in this game because of the Falcons defense. AJ Terrell had his first interception of the year. Um, yeah, I, I'm not coming away blaming the defense for anything. A hundred percent, the offense, in my opinion. Um, So anyways, you asked about the Patriots offense, Uh, Stevenson um, on the ground, Stevenson led the day 12 carries 69 yards, he had a big day against the Browns last week, Um, Damian Harris, who was in concussion protocol last week, so he missed that game, he came back, he had 10 carries for 56 yards, I mean, they were efficient on the ground, they moved the chains, Uh, that's what the Patriots wanted through the air, Mac Jones, 22 completions, 26 attempts, uh, 207 yards, a touchdown. And that interception I mentioned that went to AJ Terrell. Um, there was a ton of hype coming into this game. They, they, national media just kept talking up Mac Jones. He's a rookie. He looked, you know, he looked good, but I didn't see the second coming of Tom Brady or something out there. Like I'm not going to write off his career or anything, but Like, was I blown away? No, but I think he's a good rookie quarterback. And obviously, you know, compared to the rest, he's probably had the best start. Um, So Patriots probably got a good one that they can have for the next decade or more. Um, But like my socks weren't blown off. It seemed like everybody kept just talking about him. So I was expecting like a crazy day by him. He was efficient. He was what, you know, what's perfect for the Bill Belichick system. Um, so I think he'll be you know, successful there going forward. Yep. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, through the air, had four receptions, 42 yards. Nelson Aguilar had five receptions, 40 yards, including the only touchdown the Falcons allowed uh, defensively, and that was just – it seemed like a blown coverage, um, just a blown play pretty much because Aguilar was wide open. I mean, he could have just walked right in there. Uh, yeah. Jacoby Myers, four receptions, 39 yards. Hunter Henry, who's I believe has the most – touchdowns by a 10 down this season where he's tied uh, with seven. He finished with two receptions, 25 yards. So kind of quiet day by him and John Smith had one reception, 17 yards. Um, yeah. Not crazy high numbers by the Patriots offense because yeah. the Falcons kind of did their job. Um, Patriots won through the uh, kicking game. Nick Fulk had four uh, field goals and that's pretty much what the script was uh, for the Patriots. They bled the clock. They were always, at, you know, in within field goal range, so they took the points. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I tell you though,
0: the their time of possession, thirty-two minutes versus twenty-seven for the Falcons, was not as lopsided as it felt.
1: Yeah, um, it felt insanely lopsided. It
0: did, um, but actually, the Falcons had a few drives where they were. Methodically moving it down the field. And on one of the drives, um, it ended in the Matt Ryan interception. Uh, Another one, it ended when they couldn't convert on third and one and then fourth and one. Um, So the Falcons' offense wasn't completely inept. They just didn't finish these, you know, those two drives. And I think if they finished those two drives a little bit better, you know, they at least put some points on the board um, because they were definitely in field goal range. Oh, and incidentally, they did go for a field goal. Um, and Koo hit oh, it yeah. the first time around, but because of a freaking illegal formation penalty, they moved it back five and then Koo missed, which yeah.
1: summarized this game to
0: me, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah. That was his first 50 plus yard missed field goal in the regular season, like in his career, <sighs> he was uh, 11 for 11 at that point. And then, you know, I, I mentioned it before that he wasn't like a long distance kicker. He's more like if you're within 40, like he's automatic but once you get yeah. back there you're pushing it and I th- I think that's just what it was. Yeah. Um and you know it's not like he missed it like crazy like he just missed it. Um oh, it's not I, a big deal but
0: if you go back and watch it like the ball starts off it looks like it's going to split the uprights yeah. and then at some point it literally just starts moving in midair and moves mm-hmm. away like I, I, I swear to God, I feel like there was a dark force that took that ball out of the air and moved it away <laughs> just to troll Falcons fans. Um, so when I saw that kick, I was like, yeah, that that's that makes sense. That's what yeah. this game is. Um, I will say Falcons defense, uh, again, um, just a, a, a really solid overall performance. They had three sacks yeah. on the day. Um Lukan had one of those. Um, Eric Harris and Dante Fowler shared a sack. Uh, and then um, uh, Darren Hall had one as well. Uh, so the Blitzes were getting home uh, from mm-hmm. Dean Pease. And uh, they had quite a few. They had five quarterback hits, uh, several tackles for loss. And I, I think the big play, which got a lot of people excited, A.J. Terrell made a fantastic play, uh, picked off Mac Jones, uh, returned it, I think, for 30, 40 yards. Um, you know, really good to
1: see him get his first interception this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, But again, like that drive just stalled. That was the one where they it was fourth down and they went for it and in they the red couldn't zone. Convert one yard. And that was yep. That was their first uh red zone failure. Their I guess second of the game, but like going into the game, we talked about in the Falcolic chat, like they were uh hundred for you know, hundred percent when they were in the red zone going into this game. For some reason, that's a weird stat for a team this that struggle in this bad offensively, but yeah. then yeah, fell apart.
0: Yeah. The Falcons, once they get into the red zone, they've been really good at making sure they go, they come away with points. And actually um, their red zone conversion percentage to touchdowns has improved this year over last year. Like they were one of the worst in the league last year. And I think this year they're in the top 15 so that it's, mm-hmm. it's gotten much better. Um, but yeah, the, this, you know, as going back to the defense um, the, the defense I felt like against a New, a New England Patriots team that was, uh, you know, one of the top scoring uh, teams in the league, um, to hold them to 19 points. And I know that, you know, again, six points came on the pick six, to hold them to 19 points, to, you know, force them in, into four field goals. Um, again, I, I feel like the, the issues in this game were not with the defense, it was with the offense. And look, you're missing Patterson. um, You're missing Ridley, uh, who incidentally could potentially return for the next game. We'll see if that happens. We have heard zero updates on him. uh, Just to be clear, we do not know whether Ridley is going to be back or not. Mm -hmm. Technically, he can come off the NFL non-injured reserve list for the Jags game, just to be clear. Um, But you don't have Ridley. You don't have uh, Patterson, who's one of your best weapons this year. Uh Hayden Hurst goes on IR, you know, your second best receiving tight end. Uh, suddenly you're playing with guys like Parker Hesse out there at tight end. Um yeah. quadri Olison uh literally gets more carries as a guy who just got elevated from the practice squad, uh, compared to your starting running back in Mike Davis, uh, who had three carries for one yard. Was that what we said? Three carries for <laughs> yeah. one three yard?
1: Three carries uh, for one yard.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, the guy who just came up from a practice squad, who incidentally you drafted and you cut at the beginning of the year and then brought back onto the practice squad <laughs> oh my god, this is it's like it's comedy. Um, is your leading rusher, and then uh, your number one receiver is Russell Gage, uh, and then Lamadez Akias and Taji. Like, this is I don't know how anyone looked at this offense and thought, man, th- these guys should be scoring like 30 points a game, and yeah. This, this is a, a outside of Matt Ryan. You can make the case that this is like a preseason offense that was out. You know there. what
1: they remind me of, and this What's is it? like a weird comparison. But you remember how the Houston Tech, uh, Houston Texans offense was when they became the expansion team, and yes. they got to like, and you get to pick apart like you get some like free agents, and you know you get like a uh, Kyle Pitts would would be their like offensive you know weapon that they got in the draft. But that's kind of what it reminds me of. Like, it's just awful everywhere. Um, Like offensively, like, I mean, I would take the Patriots third receiver in this game. Like Jacoby Myers is better than all, you know, aside from Kyle Pitts, he's a tight end. But all the other receivers on the Falcons, like give me Jacob, uh, Jacoby Myers, give me Nelson Aguilar. Like that's how bad I think the, the depth is. Like when you take Ridley out, when you take Patterson out, Pitts... I mean, it's it, you don't even have to be a defensive genius. Like, just watch film. Like, you stop Kyle Pitts. Like, there's no one. Like, Tajay Sharp is not beating you. Uh, yeah. Alameda Zacchaeus, I think he's awesome. Like, I, I really like the player. I like the story, being an undrafted player. He, he's not scaring you. Russell Gage is not scaring anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Keith Smith coming out. Like, I like Keith Smith. I think he's a good fullback. But, like, he's being, like, I mean, he had 11 yard catch and stuff, but like he's used, being used as a tight end <laughs> at times. Uh, Parker Hesse, I mean, uh, it's just, it's gross. Like the, the offensive talent we, we currently have. Right. And it's like Matt Ryan's obviously going to struggle because the offensive line was awful. Um, the pass protection was just not there. And I mean, look who he's throwing to. Like it, it's so yeah. easy to just pile on Matt Ryan and he did make some bad throws and stuff like i'm not covering for him but like look who he's really working with if yeah. if you were to take matt ryan and put him in that patriots offense he has a better day than mac jones
0: yeah yeah i think so um and
1: i'm just saying like <laughs> you put mac jones on this offense oh he'd be dead right like he may that's be the in the point. hospital right now <laughs> that's what people need to kind of like Think on, like I get. It's easy to hate Matt Ryan. Like you have to always, you know, it's easy to just point the finger at the main leader on offense because offense has sucked. Like I mean, when you're only scoring three points in the last two games, like I don't care who you got out there. It could be me and DW. Like we're probably going <laughs> to put up more than three points. Like I <laughs> that, like that's embarrassing. But yeah, I, I just. I'm not down with the whole Matt Ryan hater thing. Cause he was playing well earlier in the season. Like all of a sudden now he has some struggles and yeah. we can either put it in context and like, look at why he's struggling or it's mean just say, Oh, he's old and washed. Like, okay. But a couple games ago, he looked really good and was having like PFF grades as elite, but I guess he sucks now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know it, it's, um, and that, that's what's so frustrating about these narratives. It's the minute mm-hmm. he has the bad game, a bunch of people come rushing out and like, ah, this is who he's always been. I'm like, all right, this is yeah. honestly what, what really needs to happen is I just need to stop getting into these arguments. That's what needs right. to happen. Well, because it's people pointless. don't want
1: to look at the context of things like it's, it's just easy to blame and the national media doesn't help. Like they throw on the narratives and I get it. You know, they couldn't stop talking about uh Super Bowl 51 as if yeah. uh what maybe two percent of this roster was actually on that team. Like <laughs> like that that's the laziest narrative uh f- especially for national media to co- like constantly bring up. Like I get it. These two teams played in that. But like how is it relevant to this game tonight where yeah, exactly. you've got Mac Jones who was probably in high school when that happened Kyle Pitts, I know, was in high school when that game happened. Mm-hmm. It, and you're going to spend 20 minutes talking about it? Like, come on.
0: Yeah, it it is. It's lazy, as you said, on their part. Um, and, and really, at this point, it, it's sort of the albatross for Falcons
1: fans to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, They're going to m- talk about it until there's a... Like, that's just the... Right. It's, the, it's always I mean, going to be no- the story. Right. Um, every
0: time we you know, sniff the playoffs. It's going to be the story. Every time right. we play the Patriots, it's going to be the story. Every time when we Matt see Tom Ryan's
1: putting it in the hall Fame. it'll be the story. It'll when, be the story. Yeah. <laughs> like it's always going to be the story until the, but only the Falcons can fix it. So yeah. if you're sitting there driving to work right now, listening to this or sitting at work or whatever you're doing on a Friday, hopefully you're enjoying it. Don't blame yourself as a fan. Cause you, you haven't done any of this. Like this is on this team. Yeah. And they have to fix these wrongs. You yeah. as a fan, the fact that you're still a fan after what this team has done, <laughs> pat yourself on the back right now. Or I mean, go seek some loyal. mental help. Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> maybe speak with a professional. Um, maybe me and DW need to do that too, but because we're Seriously. actually like wasting time talking about this team. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean it's this team is the only, you know that's that's who can fix this problem yeah not you as much as you you know we want to talk about it not me and dw we we yeah. can't do anything. the team has to do it and right now they don't have the pieces there i nope. I'm like it's it's unfortunate but like this season's a wash <laughs> like we kind of knew it but we were kind of hoping maybe something would happen but
0: Yeah. And I think, again, as you said earlier, you know, we'll close on this. I think the context is important. You know, they, yeah. um, This is a a Falcons team that many of us said could, you know, uh, could be in the playoff race could be close to 500. If the roster stayed healthy because they're very thin and we knew that. And the one thing that has not happened is that they haven't stayed healthy. They, you know, right. Uh, they started the season literally with an injury on their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, Jalen Mayfield is only
1: starting because Josh Andrews got injured in the first week of practice. Um, and as much as we love Calvin Ridley and we hope he's doing well and everything, we are missing a, a weapon. Yeah, like, a number one receiver. We can't yep. just ignore – like, I, I hope, you know, he takes all the time he needs and everything – But going into the season, it's like when you have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, I mean, it helps Kyle Pitts for Ridley to be there because there's a threat with just Kyle Pitts in this offense. Like there's no other threat for the defense to focus on. So that's just the football side of things where it's like you can't blame Arthur Smith for stuff like that. And you can't blame anybody. Yeah, Um, I'm just saying like it's unfair to be like, well, you know, this offense has changed a lot.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I feel like right now people are going to pile up on Arthur Smith as well. And look, uh, he made some play calls, which were questionable. Um, But at the same time, you know, he can't go out there and pass block. He can't go out there and run block. Um, He can't go out there and throw the passes. He can't go out there and catch the passes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he can only do so much. He he can draw this up. Now, you know, these guys, he's dealing with essentially replacement players. um, Right.
1: Like, how yeah. many of these guys did he actually bring in?
0: Yeah, very few.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what. I, that's what's also worth noting for, you know, hating on him and Fontenot is, like, a lot of these guys were already here. A yeah. lot of the guys who are kind of new to this offense, um, yeah, they were, like, cheap free agents, but a lot of them undrafted players, too, and rookies, obviously, but...
0: Yeah, uh, and this will probably be the case potentially next year as well. We'll see. Um, there are moves they can make to try to free up cap space, but that is a conversation for another day. We could go yeah. on, but I, um, at this point, uh, you and I need to get to bed. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> those, we need to get to bed, folks. <laughs> <laughs> for those who are listening, hopefully on a Friday, um, we appreciate each of you listening in, uh, even in spite of uh, another ugly falcons loss uh so evan remind them where they can find you what you've got going on
1: yeah you can find me on twitter at evan birchfield everything at the falcolic enjoy your weekend try not to think about the falcons because um, i promise you they're not sitting around thinking about you just enjoy your weekend with your family and friends and uh yeah we'll be talking about we'll be previewing the jags game next week so we get a mini world bye week here yeah um
0: Oh, it's going to be nice. All right. As for me, guys, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And, of course, our articles daily at Falcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.